Welcome to Sermon Q&A. My name is Craig Jarvis. I'm here with Pastor Peter and Pastor Michael, and we are discussing a topic today that we covered on September 19th, 2021 on Dark Magic. Mm. The first question this morning goes to Pastor Michael. And here's the question. You ready for it? Yeah. What is the worst that can happen if a Christian dabbles in dark magic? So when I, when I preached the sermon, I had a handful of people come up to me afterwards, identifying that they were believers and they were, they had engaged uh, some of them in the past year or two in different dark magic things. And all, all of them had said, I just didn't know. Uh, I was unaware. So what I, what I want to start off on the front end and say is it's actually a real thing that uh, believers who have never been taught kind of the truth of this stuff. Um, have had experiences and dabble in this. And so, and not only believers, but yeah. probably just about anybody on the plane. Absolutely. Of human but existence. Some, some people will say, well, are they really a true Christian if mm-hmm. they're dabbling in dark magic? Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that's a fair category. Now I do have concerns. If you are a true Christian and you know what the word of God says, and you know, the weight of these issues, like if you sat in either of our sermons and you heard us preach, if you heard Peter's story at Bartlett, and then you still decided that you were going to go dabble, that's where I could be like, okay, I think we have some major problems. Or we didn't communicate well enough, Yes, which could be true. Which also could very well be true. (laughs) And uh, so what is the worst thing that could happen? Well, the worst thing that could happen is not possession, because if you're truly a Christian, Mm. you cannot be possessed. I want to read you a passage from 1 Kings 11, verses 7 to 8. And this is the story of King Solomon. And the, the kind of debate in Jewish and Christian history is whether or not when you get to heaven, King Solomon's going to be there. Mm. So you got to remember, King Solomon was given wisdom by God. There was favor on him. And, but here's how his life ended. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Moloch, the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. And so he did for all his foreign wives. He didn't just do one. Mm-hmm. For every foreign wife, he's building these altars who made offerings and sacrificed to their gods. Uh, and, all right, Pastor Craig, just take a minute. Tell us Moloch, what happened with Moloch. Moloch was one of the worst, a god that was already in the land when the children of Israel got there and shocked these Israelites to the courts. The first one that God mentions as mm-hmm. to how they sacrificed to, because of the way that you sacrificed to Moloch was you burned his hands, his hands were out, or mm-hmm. there was a hole in his stomach. You heated up the metal to a certain degree, and then you placed your baby there alive until, alive until the baby died. That yeah. was your sacrifice to Moloch. Right. I mean, one of the worst. Imagine, imagine you come from Egypt and you've seen evil, but you've never seen evil to this degree. Yeah. And then you watch as moms and dads listen to the cries of their children being burned alive. This is the kind of evil and debauchery that they're that they're watching. And so here's what we have: we have this we have this guy Solomon, and he has slowly over the latter half of his life um, practiced sin, knowing willful sin after knowing willful sin. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how long it took him to get to the point where his brain justified spending money, time, and energy building not just one, but one of these altars for all of his wives. Like That's an insane thought. Mm. And so what is the worst that can happen? I'll, I'll give you two categories. Mm. Number one is that God will give you over to this sin. With these things uh, comes judgment. And we, we don't know how far the Lord might let you go. And again, I'm questioning if you keep doing this mm-hmm. and you know it's wrong, do you actually have the spirit of God? But let's say you have... You have a baby Christian, didn't grow up in a good church. They came to Christ. They believe the gospel, but they have had 
no further training. Let's say they go to a church where they actually just don't talk about this stuff. And, and, uh, there's really nobody come alongside of them. And, and, and they grew up in spiritism. They mm-hmm. grew up in, in Wicca. They grew up in uh, witchcraft and you imagine their whole lives. They don't, they don't know it's wrong. Maybe they even have a sense from the spirit it's wrong, but nobody's ever trained them. Nobody's ever taught them. And, and I, I could see a world where somebody could plausibly live in this longer than maybe the three of us who are pastors. Mm-hmm. And, and we've, we've been taught well. So I think one of them is you, you are given over to your sin and you're going to bear the consequences. Mm. The nature of the demonic, which we talked about at Bartlett, was, <clears throat> is that it doesn't matter if you know that it's demonic or if you know that it's an invitation. It doesn't matter what you're aware of. It is objectively always an invitation to the de- demonic mm. realm to influence you. So one, I'd say the worst that can happen, number one, is you're given over to this. Number two is is what we just call oppression. And here's the definition I gave in my sermon. Oppression is demonic influence over one's mind, emotions, body, or soul. And we don't absolutely know how this happens, but with the mind, we know that there is some ability for evil thoughts to be uh, either put into or somehow brought into the mind of a believer. And so believers will process these things and and they'll be like, I just had this really evil desire to kill this person Mm -hmm. and they don't know where it came from. They'd never had it before and really, really dark thoughts come into their brain. Can I, can I just punch in there a second? Uh, So we need to be clear that the devil is a created being, not Mm -hmm. omniscient, not all knowing, not all powerful. So he cannot access the recesses of our brain to know our thoughts, Yep. but he's very intelligent and he can lay out a playing field because he knows what clicks, what triggers those thoughts in our brains, what will get us to the place he wants us to be. Yep. So one one of the debates, uh, and I don't have an opinion on it for what Mm -hmm. it's worth is so a hundred percent agree. Don't disagree with anything you said. Uh, he cannot read your mind. He cannot go into the recesses of your brain. He can't know what he doesn't know. But one of the debates is in the spirit realm is that of the mind. Are thoughts inherently spiritual, physical, or a combination mm-hmm. of both? So that if you're thinking them, like for example, if I pray in my brain, uh, is there awareness of that prayer um, in the spirit realm? In the spirit realm, you know. And so, or if he flashes a spirit image in front of us, correct? Does your does your do we soul process that? that you know? Nobody knows. And my point in saying that is is that there is some dynamic by which ideas can be brought into mm. our brains consciously, mm. like we're aware of them and we have the thought. I don't know how it works. I'm not going to pretend to know. But that's where when we talk about oppression of the mind somehow there is some uh, ability to influence the actual measurable vocabulary mm-hmm. of our thought life. I don't get that. But now we have control over that. Mm-hmm. We do not have to give them that. But if if we're not regularly praying and if we're not even aware of demonic oppression, then we're probably not even going to cast out or cast away, not out, uh, cast away whatever demonic influence is, mm-hmm. is doing that. Mm-hmm. You have your emotions. This is like feelings of darkness, gloom, lethargy, overwhelmed. Again, um, this is where somehow demonic influence is able to oppress our spirit. And our, remember, the spirit and the physical are always interacting with mm-hmm. each other to the point where we emotionally in the physical realm have an overflow of dark, gloomy thoughts at times. That's another mm-hmm. one. Your body could be physical ailments, headaches, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best ways to distinguish whether or not something is spiritual or physical is you pray in Jesus' name over it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you pray persistently. And so if the thing goes away, it was spiritual and demonic. If it persists, um, it is likely physical in nature. Mm-hmm. And so it's a simple just mechanism mm-hmm. to figure that out. And then you 
you have this category of, of your soul and, um, and this would be like discouragement or attack or slander. Um, just the, the weight of those kind of things that happen in your soul when oppression comes from the outside people, like for example, in your world right now, you have to have a whole bunch of armed security, yeah. you know, at your children's ministry yeah. because of ISIS in Uganda trying to kidnap children in your orphanage. I know that sounds like weighty. Someone's just pulling in right now. They're yeah. like, what's he talking about? But um, that level of external um, attack um, can be can be uh, oppressive to yeah. your soul. It yeah. can wear on you, fear, burden, anxiety, Absolutely. et cetera. And so what's the worst? I would say, number one, God gives you over to these things, which is terrible. Number two is real spiritual oppression. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It occurs to me when, <clears throat> sorry, when the children of Israel came into the promised land, yeah. the warnings of God had a lot to do with the idols that were in the land. Don't marry with the people because you will succumb to the demands of those idols. Yeah. You will become idol worshipers. <laughs> yes. And I think for the children of Israel, they're going into the land, they probably were a little bit innocent mm. in knowing what they were about to encounter. Because yeah. to them, it was Egyptian magic, turn staffs into snakes, you know, duplicate the miracles of God. I mean, yeah. that uh, th there wasn't the depth of depravity that they were about to find out when they entered into the land. And I can imagine when they got in there with their children, with their wives, with their families, they probably thought to themselves, we got to live here. Yeah. But over time, as they saw this atrocity, they began to adopt them. They, yeah. they began to accept them. They began to, their children began to play with other children that were yeah. living in them. They became acceptable, adapted into their lifestyle. Yeah. They became accepted. Mm -hmm. And over time, they began to be practiced. And this is, this is the same channel that sin takes in all of our mm -hmm. lives. It becomes something that is intriguing, and then it ends up being something that we fight for. Yeah. And we think to ourselves, we'll never get to that point. You mm -hmm. can imagine the children of Israel, when they went into the promised land, they mm -hmm. thought that they were, they were probably, you know, abhorred by what they saw. But then given a couple of generations later, they're fighting for it until you get to Solomon. And now he's He's promoting it yeah, among the people. Wow. So, uh, Peter, do you find in Uganda that there are Christians dabbling in this dark magic, witchcraft, with maybe they don't even know what they're doing? Um, is that something that you find semi-regular with you guys? Uh, very common, yes. Yeah. Uh, especially in, mostly in the religious circles. In, mm -hmm. um, some of the people know because they hold it as a very cultural, um, family uh, practice and belief mm -hmm. and they, they, they hold their cultural values and family values dear and, uh, and find it very hard to separate it from wow. their spiritual life. And you, you, even within the church, you, um, you're battling with people in uh, similar circumstances that are not willing to give up those Practice because they're part of their family. It's part of the family, wow. and the family demands. Wow. And some of them were initiated from their childhood, yeah. given responsibilities within family, that this is your responsibility to take care of family mm. altars. Mm. And so they will come to church. When the family calls happen, they won't give them up. They will go and participate into them and then come back again mm. and hold some of those... Um, um, articles within their homes mm. as um, as a continuous uh, reverence to what their cultural values or family yeah. values call to. So if you see that happen, how do you sit down with that person and say, Jesus demands you to burn these things, to get rid of them, and how do they respond? Uh, first of all, it's a spiritual battle yeah. uh, to 
to even come to terms with it myself as a pastor because uh, yeah. these are people who have confessed mm. with their mouth, but their confession is not linked to mm. their heart. Wow. And uh, and when the heart is not giving in, it's very difficult. It's uh, So we pray. Yeah. Uh, we encourage that, bring those things, let's burn them. We talk about it. Uh, but it, again, it it is to the person. Yeah. And uh, and unfortunately, especially where we are, because there has been generations of witchcraft mm. attachments right next to almost our church. There is a hill that mm. was used as a um, an orientation of witchcraft and initiations of witchcraft that people have seen for generations and generations. So, didn't your uh, church buy that? We did. Yeah, <laughs> still to get out of people's minds. Yeah. Even with me, they're mm. like, "Are you mad? You're gonna die." Mm. How did that happen? Yeah. You know, but they still will give in. Yeah. Um, operas pray that there's a spiritual surgery of the heart mm. for the people. And that's why we have a huge focus on the children mm. because with the adults, it's very difficult. It's, it's almost hard unless the mm. Lord comes in and does it. But the adults are so ingrained onto it. So is it <clears throat> is it a fight to hang on to it, or is it a fight to convince them that it's evil? Um, it's a it's a fight to hang on to it. Okay. Because the fight the pressures. Right. Uh, and then there is an ingrained fear in them that if you release it, you're going to die. They give yep. you the ultimate wow. of yeah. the consequences that you will die if you don't if you lose it because you already initiated into it. Until those people, uh, um, it's a constant. Yeah. And then there's wow. other manif manifestations that come with it that are not necessarily practices, but uh, physical um, attacks, um, reputations within the families that are almost, uh, you know, are results of what these practices. You mean demonic attacks on the family? Demonic or physical uh, drawbacks. I mean, for example, um, um, for example, I'm trying to find an example that is uh, that you can practical share here that yeah, I can yeah, share here. Yeah. But once I get one, I'll share. But okay. yeah, they there is always. Problems in the family, there's always infighting in the family, there's hatred in the family. You find brother and brother hate each other mm. and they don't greet each other. And I'm like, hey, you're blood brothers and you're brothers in Christ. And and, and so there's always something happening that yeah. there's no peace within the family because there's no release of that what uh, foundation. What a genius, abusive plot. If you leave, you'll die. Your brothers will hate you. You'll have shame in your family. Yeah. You'll lose your friendships. Yeah. <clears throat> and somebody might attack you. Yeah. Do it. Get rid this, of that idol. This thing is the thing. identity of your family. Yeah. Don't wow. get rid of that. Or... It's like getting rid of your last name. Well, can't I have Christ and my last name yeah. and the culture that comes with it? And yeah. Insidious. Yeah, it is insidious. Well, guys, we have a lot more to talk about on Sermon Q&A. So I want to thank you for joining us. And our desire is that you would not follow the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy only but that you follow Jesus and in him is life and life abundant. Mm. And so our encouragement to you is put away all practices of dark magic for the sake of Jesus Christ 
your body, your soul, and your future. We love you, and we'll see you next time on Sermon Q&A.